Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province, growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And this is Growing the Game with Ballsy. I'd like to thank one of my fine sponsors, a title sponsor here for the broadcast, Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA, your SGI Elite accredited auto body repair shop, locally owned and a certified collision center, OEM approved shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of their worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. They manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Their high-performing, technically advanced team of experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Choose Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA because they care about your safety. All right, let's get to our first quarter. And our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabbles on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina. Fight back Father Time in a naturally looking way with Crescinda to catch over there at Face First Medical Aesthetics. You can check out her work on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and uh, yeah, above Gabbles on Dudney Avenue. She is worth the visit for sure. Time now to catch up with the head coach of the University of Regina Rams, Mark McConkie, as we get a 2021 preview. All right, Mark, we're getting set for a season. Finally, we've talked many times on this podcast uh, over the long 18, 19, 20 months, however long it's been. It's felt like 10 years. You must be really excited to get to a uh, a game for a change. Yeah, no, I know the whole program's excited. It's been a long, long time coming. I know we've talked about it a few times, and uh, now it's actually here. Uh, we're on day eight of training camp tonight. Uh, we're offenses you got the install defense is installed and we're ready to go so it's uh yeah it's just nice to have it finally here so, so let's re- let's reiterate because we've talked about this in the past what kind of team do we want to see under mark mcconkey yeah we're going to be a, a disciplined team um i think we're going to be strong in all three phases i know our special teams are going to be really strong with coach stusick uh taking over all the teams there and uh our defense is going to be uh going to be special i know they had a, an outstanding year in 2019 and uh, we expect similar things in 2021 here. Uh, offensively, I'm excited. We get uh, Mr. 22, Kyle Borsa back, so uh, he'll, he'll definitely help help out in the run game and uh, just finding different ways to get him the ball. And, again, Donnelly, Bittner, Helshay, O'Flaherty, we got some quarterbacks that are duking it out right now in camp. And, um, again, got some strong receivers. So I think we're, we're well-rounded. Um, I think we're going to uh, just be a strong, disciplined team who's efficient, you know, O&D and specials and, I think we're going to win a lot of games. Okay, so let's talk about uh, each of these groups if we can for a second, okay? Uh, Mark, uh, the quarterback room, you touched on it there. You got a great one-two punch. Uh, probably, I think, the best quarterback room, arguably, uh, well, for sure in the Can West, I think, but right up there in terms of quarterback rooms in the country. 100% we do. Yeah, no, it's, it's without a doubt for sure. Uh, it's a good problem to have for sure from, from the OC standpoint. Um, but, like, Sawyer lit it up in the OUA when he was with Ottawa. Um, Josh did a great job in 2019 as a 19-year-old. Uh, he led U Sports in yards per game that he started. Like that's pretty impressive for a 19-year-old. And then the two other guys, like Noah Pelche, is a Team Canada high school guy, younger guy. O'Flaherty went in as a as a rookie against UBC and almost beat UBC as a 18-year-old. So it's uh, we got a strong, strong room, very bright players, and yeah, it's it's definitely the strongest room from top to bottom in U Sports. 
You went tailback by committee last year. Uh, Semba Imbicella did a great job, I thought, uh, you know, emerging on the scene. But uh, Kyle Borsa, you, you alluded to it there. That just uh, that just brings that whole group uh, group up. Yeah, he makes everyone better. Um, I know he makes Semba better. He makes Jace better. He makes Katende better. All the guys that are below him right now are getting better because Kyle's back. Uh, and again, Kyle's obviously a game changer. He's an elite player. Uh, he's going to have an elite year for us, and we're just excited to have him back. Did you have any say in him coming back? I mean, uh, he did get offered a practice roster spot with the Bombers, but decided to come back. <clears throat> no, no, no say in it. I told him whatever he chooses, I 100% support him. Uh, he knew secretly, obviously, we wanted mm-hmm. him back. And again, I didn't let my bias come into that conversation with him and his dad. I said, you got to do what's best for you, and that's what it's all about. And he decided he wanted to come back and didn't want to be on PR, and we're, I, I opened him, I welcomed him back with open arms, let's say that. Talk about your receiving core. You lose a couple of guys, but a couple of guys step in. You're in capable hands there, I think. Yeah, we lost three fifth-year starters and more catch Shinbine and Scraper, but we've got other guys stepping up, uh, like an Emmett Stedman, Dallin Keene, some younger guys. They've been here for... I guess two years now, if you count the pandemic year. So they're ready. It's their time to jump in there. Uh, even a guy like Deshaun Mims, he's kind of bounced around a little bit after high school. He's with us, and he's done a great job so far in camp. Um, but we're, we're really going to rely on uh, Bennett Stusick and uh, Riley Borsman to be our, our one-two punch. But those other guys are very capable, and they're doing a great job so far in camp. Yeah, those last two guys you mentioned, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, two big play guys. They can, uh, they can uh, make those plays that can get you first downs, but they can stretch a defense. Absolutely. Yeah, they're both our, our deep threat guys. And again, a guy, even a guy like Mims, like he's, he's very quick. He's uh, playing a spot for us where he can stretch the field. So we're excited to see what he can do this year too. But yeah, we're definitely going to rely on uh, Bennett and um, Borsma for quite a few catches and yards. Yeah, so touch on Mims for a second. He, of course, is the son of Robert Mims, the former Saskatchewan Rough Rider and Winnipeg Blue Bomber. I think the outstanding player in the league back in 1990 with the Bombers. Just talk about uh, Mims. And, uh, you know, he said he bounced around a little bit. What do you see in him that you uh, really like? His just athleticism. He is very athletic. Uh, he does a great job catching the ball. He's just a naturally a burner. He's got some great speed. So, um, and he's really bought in. He, like, prior to COVID, he didn't miss a lift all last winter or all last fall when we were practicing he really stepped up and uh, dominated one-on-ones with the dbs and really did a good job learning the playbook and he's really committed himself and he's been working hard and yeah his, his hard work's paying off right now so hopefully he can have a strong season for us when you got good quarterbacks and you got a great running back and you got some great receivers uh it's all like having a nice sports car that's sitting on the driveway but you don't know how to drive a standard if you don't have an offensive line just talk about your old line for us please yeah, we got some older guys coming back. We got an older group, um, which is good. I got guys like Joel Braden, um, McGuire, Abel, uh, Parker Hodel. Those are kind of our three returning stars for us, and they've been doing a great job um, in training camp so far. They're really uh, helping the young guys step up, and we got some young guys that are going to be close to playing, um, like a, like an Austin Vandesipe, a, a true freshman coming out of Miller. Uh, he was he was kind of a, a later signing for us. Came on our radar late, and he's, he's been outstanding. Um, he's a he's a grinder, as you know. Sheldon Neal likes all the linemen are, and he's doing a great job learning the playbook, uh, really adjusting to the to the trenches well at the U Sport level. So um, don't be surprised to see some new faces in there, some young guys in there um, who've had a good have had a good camp so far. Hey, how about Andrew Becker? Where does he sit? Because uh, he was uh, scheduled to go to camp with Montreal. He's had some concussion problems, decided to step away, but he was talking about coming back to your team. Where does that stand? 
Yeah, it's still in the, the wait and see mode right now. Um, he's still back in Kelowna. Obviously, he's got some uh, concussion neck issues, so we want to make sure he's getting that sorted out first. But he's on our roster. We're keeping him on in case he comes back, and maybe he comes back and just helps out kind of a grad assistant role, or or maybe he plays again with the the pushed back season. We don't start till September 25th. There's lots of time for him still to come back. So it's it's really a wait and see, and obviously we want him back, want him playing, um, but we obviously – to make sure his health is in order before he steps on the field. How important is that to you? Now, you'll you'll obviously say, well, it's important, but here's what I mean. Like, we're in a, you know, we want to win. We want to be successful, but we're talking about young men with a whole life ahead of them. You got to really, you're kind of like a father, even though you're a young dude, you got kids of your own, but you're a, you're a, you're a young father to all these 20-something-year-old guys. I mean, that's got to weigh on you too. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's, We've, we've had some tough conversations even over the last few weeks with other guys with school and injuries. And at the end of the day, and you know this, it's hard to understand it when you're in the trenches of being a youth sport athlete, but there is more to life than football. And it, again, you don't really want to mess around, especially with concussions and the head injuries. That's like at the end of the day, I'm sure Andrew wants to be a successful physiotherapist or Cairo, whatever path mm-hmm. he chooses. And he's a really smart guy and he wants to have a family and have kids. And I want to make sure he's able to do that. Um, Again, I don't want him to make a, a rash decision at the age of 23, 22 even, I think, and kind of re- affect his life later on in life. So it's hard to see it when you're young, but as we kind of preach, there is more life than football, and football has given you a great opportunity to get your education to do these things. And I would consider his career here a success already. Whether he finishes it or not, He's uh, he's been a great recruit for us and a great success story for us. It's unfortunate the way it ended with uh, the, the head injury if it does go that path, but he's, he'll leave here with the degree and uh, he'll, he'll be in a better spot than when, than when he came in. Uh, another bomber uh, attendee at camp uh, who was released was Robbie Lowe's a draft pick of that team. He comes back to your football team, automatically makes that linebacking core better. Is that the strength of your defense, the linebacking core? You got a guy like him, a guy like Ryder Varga. Yeah, that's definitely, we, we got a strong group for sure. And we got lots of depth there. Josh White, we'll, we'll Josh White's another guy. Yeah, Josh White, Semina, Cameron Maul is a Team Canada guy from Vancouver. Like we got, we got good linebackers, and I know they're giving us a bit of a headache in training camp here from the offensive standpoint. But they're making us better, and it's a it's a great group. Those guys are very competitive. They're pushing each other every day, and yeah, I'd say that's one of our strengths for sure uh, as a team is our linebacker group. What about the D line? Tanner Schmeckel's a guy that was with the team, then uh, you know because of school or whatever, he uh, stepped away, played junior. Now he's back. How much is he going to bolster that D line? What does it look like? Yeah, he's he's done a great job so far. Uh, I know he's in our backfield more than I would like for sure, but he's doing a doing a great <laughs> job. He's really buying in, and he's just such a great great kid, great young man. I'm super happy to have him back. So we got Schmacks. We got a guy like Garth Knitting, who's an older guy, played Hilltops. He's been here for a few years, uh, and a, and a newcomer we have is Anthony Bennett. So he's a Canadian, played down in Florida Atlantic. He's actually his mom's from here. His older brother played here. He's doing a great job in training camp right now. And then there's also opportunity for younger guys to step up, like a, like a Michael Clow uh, has been doing really well, and a Braden Walls who's in year two. So we got we got again. I I know our linebacker core is very strong, but our D line is we got a we got some depth there. It's going to be uh, interesting to see who's in that starting six D line group. And an active front seven can help out a secondary. <clears throat> Just a comment on your secondary this year. Yeah, they've, they're doing a great job. They're flying around. I know our defense is pretty complex, and they do some crazy coverages with under the mad scientist, Coach Gray, but they're doing a great job. Again, probably the most noble guy would be Jackson Ford. He's mm-hmm. he's always around the ball. He's flying around. Um, and then we're, we're leaning on some other guys to step up, um, like uh, Jackson Sombach, 
who's who played a little bit last year and kind of had a knee injury. So he's, he's ready to jump in there. And then having a guy like Brandon Gendier return for us, he was our cornerback last year. He's, uh, I think should have been an all-star. Obviously, our record didn't help him there, but he'll. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a Canwest all-star this year. He's on pace for it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what those guys do. Um, again, some new faces there, but it'll be, again, I think it'll be a strong group. And lastly, Mark, what's the uh, kicking situation look like as we head into the 2021 campaign in terms of kickers and return game? Yeah, um, I'll start with return game. I know we got some. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much because I know yeah. probably some the team up north is probably listening. But you no, know, we got some. We got some athletes back there that are gonna uh, do some big things for us. And I know under Coach Two Six Systems and everything in special teams, they'll be able to to bust a few uh, big returns and hopefully for some for some touchdowns. Um, kicking wise, again, we got three guys right now: Aldo, uh, Connor Green, and Rylan. Uh, the, we signed him late from the Hilltop, so. It's a lot of competition. I know Coach Dusick's making those guys work their butt off, butt off in practice. Uh, we're charting all their kicks, and ultimately we're going to play the best guy. Um, so we got that's up to us to decide who who's our best guy, what's most important, kickoff depth, punt depth, field goal percentage. So that's up to us to decide later on. But I know these guys are – the competition there is, is really high, and it's great. It's great for all of them. They're all becoming the best kickers they can be uh, right now during training camp. You know, Coach, lastly, I look at your schedule and I look at the fact that everybody's talking about the Huskies and Dinos 1-2. Uh, those teams play each other twice. They get to beat up on each other. It's a good opportunity for Mark McConkie's Regina Rams to sneak up the middle. I really think uh, this flying under the radar thing might uh, work out for you guys. Yeah, I'm, uh, I like it. I like either way. Uh, I, I like being under the radar. I like being kind of the underdog team. That's great. Our guys are really buying into it and I know some rankings have us from some podcast guys have us last, and that's okay. That's great. That just kind of adds fuel to the fire. Again, ultimately, whether we're ranked first or last in the predictions, it doesn't really matter. We got to do our job. We got to focus on what we have to do in each play uh, in order to be successful. And I think our guys have done a great job with that, blocking out the noise and just focusing on today and being where their feet are and really dialing into what we're trying to accomplish each day. And I think that's going to lead to a successful season in about a month here. Okay, Coach, lastly, I'm going to squeeze one more because it's my podcast. And if you've got time, humor me with one more question here. If you were to look at it, like you mentioned uh, some people picking you last. Um, I wouldn't pick you last. I'd pick you a solid third. I think that's respectable. Um, And then anything can happen when you get to the dance. But if you're looking at it, where's your biggest question mark? You know, besides maybe Mark McConkie as a head coach, because that's a question, Mark. That's no disrespect to you. I think you're a great coach. I've worked with you. But, I mean, let's be honest. You're you're unproven at that position, okay? But besides you, where's the big question mark for you so far through this uh, part of training camp? It's a great question. I, I was going to pick myself, but obviously you took that one off the table. Um Honestly, I, I, I knew you I would too. I knew you <laughs> would too. That's why I took it off the table. Besides yeah. that, because you always, as a good coach, look at yourself first. If you had to look at one thing, why would you, you know, somebody picks you last, why would you say they pick you last? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's just so unknown. Um, I don't even think it's one position group on the team. I think it's just Can West is so unknown this year. Every, every team's unknown. Um, I know if you look at Manitoba, like who knows who they're going to have on their roster week one. So it's going to be a bit of a surprise. Calgary loses lots of guys in the mm-hmm. draft, new quarterback taking over. You never know what Neil's cooking up in UBC. So it's just so unknown for who's got what and uh, who's who's going to be back, who graduated, who moved on, coaching changes. So it's uh, the whole league's kind of a question mark, uh, to be honest. So it's going to be a bit of a feeling out process, I'm sure, in the first two weeks. And then we all get a bye, and then we'll kind of regroup, and then it'll be kind of rolling from there. So the whole, the whole league is just a, a giant question mark for us right now. And 
again, we'll, we've got a decent idea of some of the teams, but there's some teams like Manitoba, <laughs> who knows who Dovey's yeah. brought in or all those things. So the whole thing is a big question mark, but all we can focus on is us and handling our business and just go in there prepared and we'll be ready to roll. Well, this is always fun talking to you, man. I can't wait to see this team under your direction. Uh, September 25th kicks off against uh, Manitoba. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for this, Coach. Thanks, Baldy. And as we roll along here on Growing the Game with Ballsy, it's time to recognize another one of our great title sponsors, and that would be the Regina Sports Performance Center, headed up by Aubrey Stedman and his family. You can check them out in person in the heart of Regina, 1440 Broadway Avenue. And you can check out their website, reginasports.ca. They list everything they got going on there. It is a new center of excellence for the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes. They've got an indoor football field, 24 yards wide by 50 yards long. Stadium quality turf with markings for football, soccer, and lacrosse. They've got two regulation-sized three-on-three courts and a poly-turf rubberized surface with markings for two pickleball and badminton courts. And they've got an indoor soccer field too 24 yards wide by 34 yards long once again stadium quality turf with markings for soccer and infield markings for junior baseball truly a great spot to train elite athletes in this province go check out Aubrey Stedman and the gang thanks to him for getting on board with this podcast reginasports.ca for all your information a lot of talk lately about Winnipeg Blue Bomber special teamer Mike Miller and his special teams tackling record and he should be acknowledged but is he really the record holder I don't know. I wouldn't rush to anoint him the special teams king just yet. My next guest might have something to say about that. All right, here with the Rasmanian devil, uh, Dan Rasevich. So uh, where? what are you doing now? We call this Where Are They Now? What are you doing now? Well, right now I am, I guess you could say I'm, I'm semi-retired. Um, I'm still selling some drill bits uh, for oil and gas wells with Baker Hughes uh, two days a week on contract. And I'm also very busy right now. Um, this is the fifth year of chairing an event called Believe in the Gold, which is for children's cancer. Yeah, and that touches home with you, with your child. Tell us a bit about the backstory there, my friend. Well, the backstory is this. Um, about five years ago, uh, I got a phone call from a buddy who was a roommate when I played at the Argos. <clears throat> the first question he asked me was, hey, do you know what gold means? And I'm like, I know what it is. And then, you know, he proceeded to tell me, hey, that's the color of children's cancer. And he didn't know that my son had leukemia at the time. So, hey, I, like I said, I've said this many, many times that I took that as a message from uh, the, the big guy saying, hey, man, you're getting this call for a reason. So basically they were looking for someone to chair an event here in Saskatchewan for children's cancer. And uh, I said, I'm in. You know, within like a minute and a half, I, I was in. I was all in. So that's and it's uh, happening. September is the month for children's cancer as well. So we're just starting that month. Awesome. Obviously, uh, it, it's great to be a part of something. Great to be a part of a team again because you were the ultimate teammate, Dan Rasevich. Before I get to special teams, um, oh. I want to talk about the Labor Day Classic. Uh, is this your favorite time of year? Is this when you miss football the most this weekend and the start of this weekend? Because they say the real season starts right now. You know what? I'll be, I mean, for sure. You know what? It was a game that, hey, we always looked forward to. I mean, there was nothing like playing in Taylor Field, and, I mean, the end zones were packed, and 
I guess what they call it hemorrhoid hill. Yeah. It was always it, it was always full and it was just uh, an electric. I mean, it's electric, right? I mean, it's just it's it's another sort of like it feels like another step up, you know. And I mean, an electric atmosphere and you know it always seemed like either just that's sort of the beginning of fall. It almost feels like it's in the air, right? And uh, you know those were, you know, and I guess hey, it was always a good. A good day for us. Usually, I think out of my 13 seasons, we won 10 out of 13. Yeah, and I think I look back actually when we went to Winnipeg, we won three out of 13. It was something like that. So mm-hmm. you know, that's usually it, how it goes. That's usually how it goes. It's the Labor Day, and then now it's the Banjo Bowl, and it's one team wins and the other team wins. Sometimes uh, a team will surprise a team, but generally it stays true to form. You were consistent uh, talking about true to form on special teams. Just talk about the source of pride you took being a special teams player. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You know, I took I took huge pride in it. I mean, to me, it's a third of the game, you know, and every time I ran down on a punt kickoff, I wanted to make the tackle, you know. And, you know, it's funny. I guess a lot of people wouldn't maybe remember, but my rookie year was 84 mm-hmm. and uh, with Ottawa a couple years in Toronto and, Obviously, got here with the Riders in '87, and I think that was sort of my uh, where I made my name was on special teams. And uh, I think I sent you a text there once about kind of like an '84, '85, '86, and there was a mm-hmm. the magazine. There was a comment saying, "Hey, one guy you don't want to meet in a dark alley or loaded football field," and uh, and that's the way I approached it too. You know, I think you know, I guess this is kind of coming up. I'm a little excited because I mean. You know, there's been all this talk about the new greatest of all time special team player, Mike yeah. Miller. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I want to hey, get, I want to get whoa. to that. I want to get to that uh, Rasmanian Devil. But I got John Gregory, your old coach, said this. Let's make it quick and clear. Dan Rashevich was the best special teams player that ever stepped on a CFL field. Now, here's the. Here's the best stat as I was looking at your stats. Um, and I'm a stats guy. Like, I love uh, nostalgia. You had 23 special teams tackles in your last year, which I think was your 16th year. That's an amazing stat right there. Like, that, we can talk about all-time tackles, and we'll get to that in a second. But 23 yeah. in your last year, that is a great stat. And, you know what, I, like you said, I, I took a lot of pride in it. You know what, and through my whole career, through my whole 16 career, like I was always on punt and kickoff. So I probably ran, well, not probably. I played the second most games as a defensive player in CFL history behind Mike O'Shea. Right. So there is probably nobody that has run down on more kickoffs or punts than myself. And I took, a, I mean, Hey, I took a ton of pride in that. And uh, I mean, cause you know what? Hey, it takes a special person to be a good special team player. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, it and, does. Yeah, my son's doing it down south in the states, and he's just learning how to do that. And he said the what his his least favorite, although he knows he's got to do it. He doesn't like going down cover and kickoffs. Which one was your favorite to do? I'll be honest. I like punt and kick. I like them both equally. Okay, I love them both, man. You know what? I did. I you know what? Because at the end of the day, speed kills. Mm-hmm. And you know what? little speed, little wiggle, and you know what? There's a knack. There's no doubt. And you know what? A lot of special teams, too, is knowing your angles, knowing being able to make tackles open field and being able to lay out and make tackles. And, hey, 
there's a big skill to it, you know. I mean, th- that's why there's only a few guys that are really, really good at it. You know, it's funny you say that because Ethan, my son, said, you know, Dad, I used to watch football and, you know, there'd be a punt and the guy'd catch it and then maybe it's a four-yard return and everybody goes back to eating their popcorn. And, oh, yeah, that's just a whatever. It's just a play. He goes, that's not a nothing play. There are so many things that go into that play that the average fan doesn't see. Uh, and I think you're you're the perfect guy to talk to. You can appreciate that. Oh, Hey man, there's a lot of stuff happening out there and it's happening and it's all happening at full speed, you know, and you really got to be aware of the surroundings around you, the sideline, where you're, where guy, you know what, if you get held up, you got to know where to fill in, you know what, there's a lot and it happens so fast, right? So, yeah. So on this field, so on this field in this matchup between the Riders and the Bombers, Mike Miller's been celebrated, and he should be. And I think you'll acknowledge that too. The dude passed Jason Araki the other day with 190 tackles. He's got more than that now, a couple more than that now, to be the all-time tackles leader on special teams. And that's a great accomplishment. But your first however many years, five, six years, they never kept track of special teams tackles. You ended with you ended with 153. So hey. this record is not a true record, in my opinion. Well, all records should have some context and some perspective. I, you know what? And hey, I take this personally, and I've talked to a lot of ex-players. I had a James West call me up. I was talking to Willie Plass. I was talking hey, a lot of guys. I sent them this little article that Vanstone did, and they're like, hey, man, they got to get this fixed because you were the best special team player that ran down the field. Yeah. I guess, hey, if we're talking numbers, well, first of all, they missed my first seven years. Right. So, like you're saying, 153, when I, hey, when I was a Western All-Star in 1990. Um, yeah, 23. Yeah. Yeah, I had 23. It was on a press release. So right there, I'm 176, and you missed my first six years. If you even give me 20 a year, yeah, that's almost, that's 300. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I've had more than 300. I guarantee you that. Yeah. And, and you know what, Ballsy? Like seriously, man, I take a lot of pride in that. You know what? And it's funny. I've never thought about this for 20 years, but now if they're going to start throwing, uh, you know, hey, some accolades and crowns around, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you know, because hey. you're be, and and I get how you're. I would get why you'd be mad. Some people, and no disrespect, but some nope. people, some people would say, "Oh, come on, Dan, just give it, give it a break, give the kid his glory." But I'll tell you what, special teams is not fun. Uh, special teams, in a lot of cases, a collection of guys that don't want to do it, but they have to do it because we need to put some people on the field. So it's a lot of grunt work. It's a lot of ditch digging in football, and you did it. Mm-hmm. You did it masterfully. You did it for a long time. Twenty-three tackles in your 16th year and you did it without much fanfare no you know and plus on top of hey on top of it i i played defense and you know and nothing against mike miller and Rocky. Yeah. hey they 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 didn't play they, they barely played they barely play any offense or defense and hey you talk to any guys um most starters on defense usually maybe when they're young but as they get a little long in the tooth they're not on punt and kickoff they're not. And, uh, you know, I just, I guess, you know what, I'm glad that you're talking about this. Cause I mean, really, you know, I mean the seven years, if you count seven years, that's 111 games missed. If you, if a person even took an average, yeah. And that'd be later in my career. We're still looking at like 290 tackles. Well, that's not close. Low, it's not a close. low average. 
yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not close. Like you're the undisputed king. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like uh, Reggie White ended up being the sax king, but they didn't. Uh, I mean, they didn't register all the sax back when all those guys were playing back in the day in the NFL. That's so right. They're, they're, it's it, it's relative, but I tell you what, I uh, yeah. I always appreciated what uh, Dan Rashevich did wearing number seventy four, not only on special teams but defense. Man, hey, uh, Dan, thanks for this. I appreciate it. We'll get that word out, man. The undisputed special teams king, right here, Dan Rasevich. Thanks for this, buddy. Hey. And I'd love to shake Mike Miller's hand so he could, uh, you know what, we, we could talk about uh, what I what I did. And I think hopefully maybe some of the media in Winnipeg can pick up on this a little bit too because, you know what, there's not you got to have history behind records, man. 100%. That's exactly it. we got to know where we came from to, uh, to appreciate where we're at right now. Thanks for this, Dan. Yeah. Thanks, Baldy. And we're headed into the second half of Growing the Game with Ballsy. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure you uh, share the podcast with your friends and family and those in the football community. Like the Growing the Game with Ballsy Facebook page. Tell people about it. Also on Twitter at uh, GTG with Ballsy and also on Instagram. Same handle, GTG with Ballsy. Growing the Game with Ballsy. That's what we're trying to do. Grow and preserve the sport that we love time to recognize a sponsor helping us do that one of our title sponsors hammer time roofing in saskatoon and my friend kevin well saskatoon's only five-star certainty roofer better products and better service thanks to kevin and his family for supporting this podcast and supporting football at all levels especially the saskatchewan rough riders i can tell you cfl is lucky to have fans like kevin welsh he's done so much to spread cfl and rider love to his employees and partners I know Kevin loves his team and his league and has spent thousands of dollars on three down football. I hope fans like this aren't taken for granted. Sometimes they think they are. Call 262 Roof for your roofing needs in Saskatoon and surrounding area. And as we get started with this third quarter, let's recognize a couple of our quarter sponsors. Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina, longtime supporter of this podcast, getting the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by giving him a call, 306-502-5355. And longtime Rough Rider supporter and a supporter of the three-down game in southeastern Saskatchewan, it's Corey Zadorozniak and Double Z Ag Sales. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance in the Weyburn area, give him a call, 306 842 2406. Yeah, this is my favorite time of year, man. Junior football's fired up already. The Thunder off to a 2-0 start. The Hilltops off to a 2-0 start. Of course, we've got the Huskies and the Rams. We heard from Mark McConkie earlier in the podcast previewing the boys and the horns. Upcoming season, the Huskies favored to be one of the uh, top teams, not only in the Can West Conference, but all of Canada. We've got the CFL well underway, RMF season, and of course, U.S. college football. And let's not forget about the NFL, of course. They uh, seem to drive the football world, and teams have finalized their rosters and are ready to start the season on Thursday, September 9th with a big Dallas Cowboys-Tampa Bay Buccaneers matchup. Here are the top signs your favorite NFL team is going to suck. The quarterback's last name is Brady, but first name is Wayne. Every player on the team has a positive attitude and a positive COVID-19 test result. Their trick plays to throw off the other team by punting on third down. 
What the hell? They do it in Canada. Why not here? Tim Tebow made the team. Uh-oh. Another top sign your favorite NFL team's going to suck this season. Bill Belichick doesn't bother stealing their plays. The new rule is that the huddle is strictly for discussing this is us plot lines only. Even though the rookie quarterback's throwing motion needs some work, he's already assaulting massage therapists at a Deshaun Watson-like level. Ooh, yikes. And the uh, top sign your favorite NFL team is going to suck. Experts predict them to finish first in the 2022 NFL Draft. We're headed into our fourth quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy here, episode 308. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure you uh, share this podcast with your friends and family and those in the football community. And check out our Facebook page, Growing the Game with Ballsy. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. We can be found everywhere. Thanks to my brother Chad and his uh, wife Sheree for their behind-the-scenes work and uh, really driving the social media aspect of this. I'm kind of the uh, the front man. They do a lot of work behind the scenes. Want to thank this quarter sponsor, my buddy Jason Mancinelli and Driven Automotive on Broad Street in Regina. They have offered superior auto repair services in the Queen City since 2006. Their customer total satisfaction is what they deliver. They are driven to create the best car repair event you've ever experienced. And if you're ready for a service center where the owner greets you at the door with your keys, then you're ready for Driven Automotive. Go check them out on Broad Street. Jason Mancinelli and his great gang. All right, it is time to talk with the head coach of the Miller Marauders, a team favored to be a powerhouse this year coming out of Regina. It is a Dean Coos, head coach of the team. All right, Dean, as I talk to you, and we taped this interview. You just finished practice. How have things been going in preparation for a big season? Oh, really good. We uh, started last Saturday, and uh, we have about five practices under our belt and uh one of the things about our team this year is we just found out is we're kind of very young we have uh 12 grade 12s but we and we have 19 grade 11s but all the grade 11s and grade 10s are like they uh are rookies because they haven't played football in two years yeah that's weird man how is it for you out knocking off the ring rust haven't coached in a while uh, well, I started, we knocked off the rust in, uh, we helped out with spring league mm-hmm. and we coached our grade 12. So we got to see them play one final season, which was kind of nice. And uh, so that kind of got us rolling. Yeah. It's nice to have, have uh, at least got those grade 12, some tape as they go on to their next uh, part of their football journey. It was, it was so good to squeeze something in for them. Yeah, it was, it was a really good job on uh, part of RMF and, getting all those great 12s with one last kick at the cat. Dean, uh, how many years coaching for you now? 31. I've got a great coaching staff. Um, that, and just being back with the kids, we, they're just so amazing. Um, the camaraderie, the, the funny things that happen, uh, that's what it's all about, making friendships and memories. Yeah, so, Dean, how are things changing here in this COVID world now that we're back on the field? Last time you coached the high school football season, we didn't even know what the hell COVID was. Now we do some 18, 19, 20 months later. How, how, are, how have things changed in terms of how you approach a practice, sanitization, all that type of stuff? Well, we've, we keep on talking uh, about it, you know, social distancing. 
social distancing 50 football players is kind of like herding cats. Yeah. Um, but we try to, you know, stay six feet apart as much as we possibly can. Down in the locker room, we kind of let guys in um, in shifts. And we try to do what we can. We've got uh, hand washing stations set up downstairs in their in their change room that the boys are supposed to be using all the time. Um, it, it is it is difficult. Um, they aren't required to wear masks, although we we tell them like we highly recommend that they mm-hmm. they do. So it, it's kind of opened up a little bit. Like in at spring league when we were coaching, we everybody was masked up all the time. So where the players don't have to wear masks. You talked about the spring league. I broadcast the uh, the uh, varsity all-star game between Regina and Saskatoon. I think I looked at the roster, and you guys from Miller had like 12 or 13 guys on the team. You know, if you incorporated the practice roster, you got to be one of the favorites going into this season. Well, uh, I don't know. I think there's going to be some teams that are going to be pretty – Give us a good challenge, like Winston Knoll, I think is going to be very good. And Lebolas is always good. They're always well coached. Um, yeah, there's a, quite a few guys like uh, that played in that game that are going to be with us. Uh, one one guy in particular is Marshall Erickson. Yeah, what a, a what a what a running back he is. We had him on the podcast here. His dad, of course, he comes from running back royalty. Just talk about how good this kid is. Well, he's got it all. I think he's probably one of the best backs I've ever coached in 31 years. Like he can catch, he can run. He's got he's got the moves, and he's also tough. He'll he he's not afraid to run up the middle. And uh, if we can just keep him healthy, that's yeah. going to be the plan. Give me a couple of other names there, Coach Coos, on your team that we can watch. Well, we got uh, great twelves. Uh, Ryan Mikowski, of course. Mm-hmm. His dad is the great Gene Mikowski, who's a coach out on our field as well. Um, we got Ben Schmidt, who's been our center since grade nine. The kid came out in grade nine with snapping the ball as a starter, and now he's in grade 12, and he's grown quite a, quite a bit. It's nice to see the changes in him through the years. Uh, on defensive line, Luca Tkachuk is, is uh, a kid who has really improved a lot and should be able to dominate. And... Uh, Logan Curl is a kid who's really improved a lot in the last little while. He's a linebacker. Great 11s uh, to look out for would be John Grace as a linebacker. He's a hard-hitting, very fast little guy. And uh, Kenton Apple as well, uh, playing slot for us. He's a really dominant player. Who's quarterback in the team this year? Well, we've got a right now. It's it's we've got a great twelve, Zach Stanhope, who who had been has been working with us for the last since probably his grade nine year, and then we have Winston Chapman, who's a great yeah. ten, and the two of them. It's been really good because the two of them have they really get along well and they help each other out, but at the same time they know that there's a competition for that spot. I told Zach at the beginning, I said this is it's his spot to lose and Winston's uh, spot to uh, earn. Hey, how does Mikowski feel about his son uh, joining the Regina Rams? He's a U of S uh, Husky guy. How does how does uh, the old Ryder great feel about uh, his uh, son uh, joining the, joining the old uh, Rams program? Oh, I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> what what does he bring? What does he bring to the table as a coach? Oh my, he just when when Gene is out there and he speaks, 
we all are kind of in awe. You know, he doesn't say much. He's a, he, he, he kind of sticks with his old line a lot. But I've learned so much from him in the last little while, just like the blocking schemes and how to do it. Uh, it is just wonderful having him on our staff, and we've had him for the last four years, maybe even five, because he had, of course, his other son played for mm-hmm. us before. And uh, so we've had Gene for a long time. So how have you changed as a coach in 31 years? Because a, a lot has changed in 31 years. Uh, you know, verbiage has changed. Uh, how you uh, how you coach the kids has changed. Like the mentality of football. you got to adapt to – like when we played Dean, it was Dean Coos, Michael Ball, go do this. And we didn't ask questions. We just did it. I find – you know, I was coaching as recently as a handful of years ago. When you ask kids to do something, they asked you why. And it wasn't rude. They wanted to know why they were supposed to go here. Do you find that? Yeah, kids have changed a little bit. I think the biggest thing that's changed for me, Michael, is um, I delegate now. Yeah. <laughs> back, back when I was younger and I started out, I tried to do like a I was doing everything myself, demonstrations, doing all. I'm too old for that now. I I uh, have gotten some really good uh, other coaches involved, like Travis Semenuk is uh, one from the Rams. Mm-hmm. He's out. He's actually interning at our school, and there's some other younger guys. And I just I'm more of a delegator and a manager, and I let my uh, my coaching staff kind of do the do their thing. When. When did the light go off for you to do that? Like, when did that happen for you? Were you like, you know what, I could take a step back? Because they always say the best coaches surround themselves with better coaches. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, maybe about, like, five years ago when our program really started to to take off and, and build and more people wanted to be involved. It's kind of like when you have success, like, Mm-hmm. It it breeds success, and more people wanted to be involved, and people were offering to do stuff where I didn't really have that in the past. Hmm. You know, like you you pretty much had to do it yourself if you wanted it done. But now I've got we've got all kinds of parents who are offering to do things, and it's a big uh, helpful community. So, lastly, Dean Coos, what what are you most proud of right now in terms of Miller Marauder football? Oh boy. I don't know. Surviving 31 years, maybe, of being in the in the ranks. Um, you know, winning the, the provincial championship in in 2018. Um, actually, I think I, I'm most proud of uh, specific games. Uh, like I can remember some games where we were really the underdogs to to even win a game, and and we ended up you know, win, winning some games. That was even back, like, when Sheldon Gray played for me when, hmm. like, that was 97, 98. Like, we didn't win very many games, but those those ones that you that you win, like, even, uh, uh, like, our last game of the season, it was against uh, the O'Neill Titans. We were, it, it was, everybody dubbed it the Toilet Bowl, and we won it on a field goal on the last play, and, like, those kind of memories... Like, it's not just about the winning the, the big ones. It's, like, just some of those games I, I remember and think back fondly. Dean, thanks for this. I really appreciate it. Good luck this season. We'll be watching you. Even though you don't want to admit it, you guys have uh, a pretty good chance to make some noise this year, and uh, we'll be watching. Thanks. 
All right. Thank you very much. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.